Still Waters. We started it some Sundays ago, titled Still Waters. So we're going to read Psalm 23 together. Everybody put it on the screen. I want everybody to read out loud. One, two, go. I can't hear you. I want some energy. Restore it, my soul. He leaded me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the presence of my enemies. Amen. All right. Can you show me the first three verses so that we'll pay attention to some of the first three verses? So it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. See the next thing it said. It said, he makes me lie down. So this means God is the one that is going to make me lie down in green pastures. In other words, he's taking me to green pastures. He's leading me. See the next line. It said, he leadeth me. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Next one says, he restored my soul. And he does what again? He leadeth me. Do you see that? Everywhere, they're saying he leads me. He leads me. He leads me. What this tells us is that God is very interested in leading his children. God is very interested in leading his children. God wants to lead you. God wants to be a guide to your life. And even in the Old Testament times, he was still interested in leading them. God wants to lead you. The reason why God wants to lead you is that when he leads you, he will make a success out of your life. Are you getting what I'm saying? He will make something meaningful out of life. There is no day your plans for yourself will be greater than God's plan for you. He always has a better plan for you. Is somebody catching what I'm saying? He wants to lead you. I mean, how good is this God that wants to lead us? We don't have to beg him to lead us. We don't have to plead with him to lead us. We don't have to cajole him to lead us. He wants to lead us. He's such a loving father that wants to lead his children. Such a great shepherd that wants to lead us, the sheep. They say he leaded us. He leaded us. He leaded us. God wants to lead us. And listen, if God leads you, it doesn't matter what you are going through. Say, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we do what? We fear no evil. Nothing to worry about. Glory to God. You will start having the Psalm 23 experience in the name of Jesus. I say you will start walking in the Psalm 23 experience in the name of Jesus. Psalm 23 is not a prayer point. It's a declaration. It's a lifestyle. They're just explaining how sweet somebody's life is because he's being led of God. They said he'll lie down in green pastures. Hey, I mean, there's nothing sweeter for a sheep than to be surrounded by green pastures. Anywhere you turn, there's pasture. Oh, are you getting what I'm saying? Leads me beside still waters. Glory to God. Mm. So if God wants to lead us, how come people are not enjoying that leading? The reason is because we have not been so well taught about how to be led of the Spirit. Many of us are not conscious about how God leads. God wants to lead us, and the principal way he leads us today as New Testament believers is that he leads us from our spirits. Every human being is made up of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. It's like the egg. You have a shell, you have the egg white, and you have the egg yolk. They are all called egg, but they are different aspects. The shell is your flesh. The egg white is your soul. But your innermost part, the real you, is the yoke. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's who the real you is. That's why you can't spend all your days doing makeup. That's not the real you. It's like spending your whole day ironing your shirt. It's not you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Of course, not to say it's not good to look good. Look good though. Some of you know without makeup, you'll scare all of us. So do your makeup, but just don't spend. Some ladies without their makeup, they look surprised. Because no eyebrow. Please wear your eyebrow. Don't scare us in the Lord. Glory to God. Praise God. Are you here, somebody? So God wants to lead us, but many people don't know how God leads. God leads you from the inside, the yoke. 
That's the real you. That's who the real you is. The outer you is not the real you. Your body, that's why you can't choose or not choose who to marry because of how they look on the outward. It doesn't make any sense. That's not the real you. That's not the real That can't be how you decide who to marry. Because they're handsome, they're beautiful. That's not them. That's not them at all. Oh, I don't know if somebody's getting what I'm saying. That's not you. That's why when you die, or when you leave this earth, your flesh is left behind here and rotting away into the sand. But the real you continues to live. The real you doesn't die. That real you is your spirit. Spirit, soul, and body. That really is your spirit. Now, in the Old Testament times, because they were not spiritually awakened, God still wanted to lead them, but he had to lead them from the outside. He had to lead them with their eyes and with their feelings because he couldn't lead them in their spirit. Their spirit was not alive. They were not born again. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So how did God lead them? By physical things. So you see in Exodus, he said he led them about in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So he still wanted to lead them, but because they are not spirit beings, he can only lead them outwardly. That's all he had. Look at it, did you? I told you, everybody, yes. He said, and the Lord went before them. So he still wanted to lead them. Even that time, God wants to lead. God, at every time, hey, you are, God never wants to leave you alone. He never, you know, some people say, oh, I'm nobody. Uh, I'm alone in this world. I'm an orphan. You are not an orphan. Don't ever use that term for yourself anymore. You have a father in heaven. Oh, somebody's not hearing what I'm saying this morning. You are never left alone. He wanted to, he always wants to lead. He wanted to lead them. And because they were not spirit beings, he couldn't speak to them directly, but he had to lead them. He said, he went with them every day in a pillar of cloud to lead them what? The way. He wanted to lead them. He said, and by night, because they won't be able to see the cloud by the day, he said, by night, he transformed to what? A pillar of fire. So, see how committed God is to lead. He wants to lead you. Every time you appear lost, it's not because God doesn't want to lead you. He's interested in still leading you. Now, but for us that are now born again. So in those days, he, he led them only from the outside, physical things. Um, either um, pillar of fire like this, or they have something called Urim and Turim. You know, it was like some devices they used to hear God then. Or he would use a prophet. Because those days, only three people had the spirit of God come upon them. The prophet, the priest, and the king. It came on them for them to carry out their function. So it wasn't permanently on them either, but it just came on them to carry out their office. So those days, because God could not speak to everybody, every once in a while, he would speak through the prophet. Every, so basically, every way he led them then was outside of them. It had to be something outside. But from the New Testament, he now made them alive. They now became alive spiritually. So from now, leading and guidance is always from inside. That's why Jesus told that woman by the well, he said, the hour cometh and now is where those who relate with God must do so in spirit and in truth. So now, because you are now spiritually alive and spiritually aware, God doesn't talk to you from the outside anymore. He now talks to you from the spirit. Your spirit is inside you. Not your head. Your head is up here. Your mind is up here, okay? With your brain. But your spirit is down here in your heart. That's why they call it heart in the Bible. It's not the part that pumps blood. They are, they, what they're describing by calling it heart is the location. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So when they say, oh, you know, God spoke to me in my heart. Or you hear in the Bible, they say, believe in your heart. They don't mean the part that is pumping blood. That one is your, it's, it's part of your flesh. Do you understand? What they're describing is what? The location of your spirit. Is, is it making sense? Uh-huh. So when somebody had a change of heart, said, did he go for surgery? No. <laughs> they are talking about his spirit, man. But they are describing the location. Because that's the same location your spirit is in. Praise God. Okay, so God leads us now from within. So every time you're looking for direction now, you don't look for, for it from outside. Don't expect a voice that will speak in third person and say, Funke... Thou shalt go to the market. No, that's what many people are expecting. They're expecting a voice talking from outside. No, from now on, when you are being led by God, the voice will speak to you from within. In fact, it will not be in third person. It will be in first person. It will be, I feel like, I want to. Why is he talking like that? Because now your spirit and God's spirit are one. 
Your spirit and gospel are one. The Bible says, whoever is in the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. So God now lives inside you. You and God are one. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Romans 8 says, the spirit of God bears witness with our own spirit that we are children of God. So, uh, 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 capital letter S, spirit of God, bears witness with small letter S, our own spirit that we are children of God. So, God's spirit relating with your spirit. Spirit talk to spirit. Are we following what I'm saying? This is why many people don't hear God. They're thinking God will talk to your mind. God is not talking to your mind, he's talking to your spirit. God is a spirit and those that relate with him must do so in spirit and in truth. God is talking to your spirit. If you're a born again Christian, you are spiritually alive. If you are not born again, when we do altar call today, come out and give your life to Christ so that God will wake up your spirit. Are you here, somebody? So, God speaks in your spirit. God doesn't only speak in your spirit. The reason why it comes in first person is because God now lives in your spirit. God does what? Lives in your spirit. Let me show you. Um, Give me the Corinthians where they said, don't be unequally yoked with unbeliever. When you understand things like this, you will also know why you, should, why you can't be a born-again Christian and you want to marry somebody that is not born again. Whenever, people, whenever a Christian, a supposed Christian, asks that kind of question, I'm wondering if they are even born again at all. How can you say you are born again and you are asking me, can I marry somebody that is not born again? I'm wondering, are you sure you are born again? Are you really sure? If you know, if you, if you are really born again, you can't be desiring or wishing or planning or thinking about marrying someone that is not born again. They are not, they are not even the same. You are not the same species. Can elephant say, I want to marry uh, um, rabbit? You, you are not the same animals. Do you understand? You are not the same beings. You're not, that's what the Bible calls it, an unequal yoke. It, mean, it means an, an, an unapplicable yoke, an, an, an unjoinable yoke. Look at this. It says, be ye not unequally yoked together with who? I can't hear you. Yoked together with who? Unbelievers. People that are not born again. Look at what it said. For what fellowship had what? Righteousness with what? What did God call believers? I can't hear you. What did he call believers? He said they are righteousness. What did he call unbelievers? He didn't say they are unrighteous. He said they are unrighteousness themselves. See the next verse. I mean, the next line. Um, see that same verse. It says, and what communion has what? Light. With what? They didn't say you have light. They say you are light. And what did they call an unbeliever? Darkness. They, they didn't say he has darkness. They say he is Darkness. See the next verse. It said, and what concord or agreement has who? Christ. With who? What did they call the believer? I can't hear you. What did they call the believer? They called you Christ. You are Christ. Many Christians don't know this. You are Christ. You are Christ. What did they call the unbeliever? Belia. Belia Belia means Satan. (laughs) <laughs> Why are they saying that? Because in the realm of the spirits, when you become born again, you are one with Christ. And if you are not one with Christ, there's only other one available spirit. There's only one other available spirit. That's Satan. So there's no neutral ground. There's no in-between. You're either in Christ and a part of Christ, or you are in Satan and a part of him. This is why you can't open your eyes and say, I'm a man believer. You don't understand. That means you yourself are not saved, probably. You don't understand. It's not that she's nice. It's not nice. That's what we're talking about. You're marrying spirits. You're joining with someone. What will you even give battle? What will you give battle? I, 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 I used to breed dogs. There are some dogs that don't breed with certain dogs. No matter how much you force them to breed. It doesn't just work. They are too far apart. Because what children would they have? You breed a session with Chihuahua. You know Chihuahua? <laughs> what can they give battle now? What can they possibly give battle now? <laughs> That's what you want to do when you want to marry See, Let's continue. Let's continue. So they, they called you Christ 
Because you are one with Christ, you are now Christ. And they called them Belial. Next verse, guys. What part had um, he that believed in him? Let's, let's continue. He said, and what agreement has what? With what? What did they call the believer? What did they call the believer? So God lives inside you now. God lives in you. You are the temple of God. And what did they call the unbeliever? They didn't say idol worshiper. They say he himself is the idol. That's why I say I fell, I fell in love with an unbeliever. You need Jesus. You need Jesus Christ. You are not saved probably. Because you fell in love with idols. Can you imagine? They say, they, say, they say, what agreement? Can you imagine if on this altar, as we are worshipping God, I also put one shrine here. Wouldn't that be the most confusing thing? You don't even know who you are worshipping. And by your side, there's a, there's a shrine worshipper too by your side with rapper, red rapper and white chalk. He too doesn't know. When we say Jesus' name, he doesn't know whether to agree or to wait for when they call his own. That's how you look when you, the temple of God, still want to carry idols inside. It's confusing. So how can you, the temple of God, what do you have with idols? Not the idol worshiper. Not the idol worshiper. So he said they are idols. He said, look what they said next. For you are what? The temple. Ah, you're not answering. Say, for you are what? The temple of the living God. You are the temple of the living God. He said, as God has said, I will dwell where? I can't hear you. I will dwell where? In them. And do what? Walk in them. And I will be their God. And they will be what? My people. I will dwell in them. So God doesn't speak from outside of you. He speaks from inside of you. So please be careful. I told you last week. Please be a born again Christian. You are still chasing prophets to prophesy to you. You, are, you. you need to go and check, check yourself very well. God does not speak from outside. No. Always speaks from inside. So we don't seek prophets. I've told you, those when you see people doing those things online and all that, it's just gimmicks, it's just games. It's not Christianity at all. That, hey, you are here. They took your money. Somebody, you, you just went to Abekaleki. I just see you coming from Ikeja. Have you seen any of those such things in the Bible? In the New Testament? You will never see such things. It's a show. It's not Christianity. You'll never see it. Like I said last week, they even have hype men. The prophet is moving. The man of God is moving. What a joke. What a big joke. You will never see Jesus do that. You will never see the apostles do that. It's not biblical at all. But you see, human beings don't want to grow. They don't want to learn about God. So they always want a cheap way out of it. So they want to seek prophets. Two people want to marry me. Pastor John and Jonathan want to marry me. Which one should I marry? I can't know. Because the Bible said nobody knows the thing of a man except the spirit of that man that is inside him. That's how God designed it. Your spirit knows what you should do. Why does your spirit know? Your spirit knows because now God's spirit is inside it. So how many of you know God knows everything? How many of you know God knows everything? That's why they say you two know everything. First John chapter 2. First John 2. Oh, magicians have, have, have wrecked Nigeria. So I saw you last week. <laughs> oh my God. And it was a sensational story. Have you noticed? No ordinary story. It was a special story. Everybody will be clapping. Nigerians, you people should grow. Please, I beg you before I get angry. Grow in the Lord. When you grow in the Lord, people can't deceive you easily. Magic doesn't entice you. But you see, because people don't want to grow. So anything they see, they are excited. They are excited. It's not every, every supernatural or spectacular thing you see that is of God. We live in an era of magic. So see what it says. It said, but you have an unction. Unction is the same thing as anointing or spirit of God, okay? He said, you have an unction or the spirit of God from the Holy One, which is from God, okay? And you do what? I can't hear you. What they say you do? You know all things. What do they mean? Do they mean you know further mass, you know who win the next election? Uh, you, that, that's not what they mean by all things. They don't mean unnatural things. What they mean here is that things that concern your life, you know it. Your head does not know it, but they're saying your spirit. So when they say you, the real you is your spirit. I've established that today. The real you, when I say you, the you God is always talking to is not your mind. Your mind doesn't know everything. But your spirit knows. 
all things. Because he ha- why? Why, why, do, why does the Spirit know all things? Why does the Spirit know all things? Why does the Spirit know all things? It's on the screen. It's open exam. Why does the Spirit know all things? Because you have the Holy Spirit from God. That's why you know all things. Where does the Holy Spirit from God live? Where does he live? Ah, some people are not sure. Why do you know all things? Why do you know all things? You are not lost on the earth. You are not, you're not a wanderer. I, I'm just sad when I see Christians, where Christians live. You're not a wanderer. Don't let what's going on in the country affect you. you. You have a unique and specific, dedicated purpose in God. You're not a wanderer. You're not lost. You're not stranded. You're not an orphan. Are you here, somebody? There's a path laid out for you. It's called the path of the just. It says as a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter. When you follow that path, life gets better and better. Suffering is optional, though. In this kingdom, people choose suffering as their hobby. It's not that it's part of the kingdom. It's that I just want to suffer. In the kingdom path, see Psalm 23, was there any suffering there? No suffering there. God won't be saying it if it's not possible. So you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows all things. The Holy Spirit dwells in your spirit. So they now conclude mathematically. Mathematically. They say you to know all things. Do you get this, guys? Remember, they don't mean you as your mind. Your mind doesn't know all things. So if you, you have, you, your mind doesn't know how to even get to Yaba from here. But your spirit knows. Your spirit knows how you should do whatever you need to do. Let me show you verse 27 of that same scripture. It breaks it down more specifically. 27 of that same chapter. It says, but the anointing, okay? I've told you, same thing. Unction, anointing, all represent the Holy Spirit, okay? But the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which you have received of him, abides where? I can't hear you. Where does it abide? I can't hear you. Where does it abide? It abides in you. And you need not that any man, what? Teach you. This doesn't mean you don't go to school. This doesn't mean you don't go to a church. No, people will teach you those kind of things. But they mean concerning your life, you don't need any man to teach you what to do. Concerning your life. He says, you, um, you don't need any man to teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you what? Of all things, and it's truth, and it's no lie, even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. So that anointing, that spirit of God in you, can actually show you all things. That is such great news. Are you here, somebody? I said, that is such great news. Come on, say, I know all things. I know all things pertaining to my life. I know all things pertaining to my next move. I know all things pertaining to my destiny. I know all things pertaining to my purpose. Oh, man, he said, we know all things. You know all things. You are not lost on the earth, guys. You are not a wanderer on the earth. You are not dejected. You are not stranded. Are you getting what I'm saying, somebody? We have an anointing from the Holy One and we know all things. So, the, the Bible says, you know, let the peace of God be the umpire in our hearts. Again, the way God leads us is by us. It's from first person, not third person. So, it won't come and say, oh, Kingsley, go to Yaba Market. No, 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 no. no. It will be, I want to go to Yaba Market. That's, that's your spirit talking because your spirit is in touch with God. It, it will be first person. So a lot of times, God has spoken to you, but you didn't know. Say, I want to start this business. You're just passing somewhere. Say, I like this building. Is somebody catching what I'm saying? I like this building. Oh, man. If you know all the things God knows, your spirit knows. It, you, you, it will pay you. It will pay you how many things you've missed. You're just passing. You say, I like this building. But you, 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 you didn't know it was God. I never forget many years ago. We're in Festac. We're using a, a, a place in Festac, and I, I knew in my heart that we need to need to move out of that place. I knew the time was over. So one day I was just going somewhere, and God just showed me a particular place, an event center outside of Festac. It's called in Apple Junction. Some of you that were with us those days, you know the place, um, Jambes. God just told me that's the place you are going to move next. Wow. I just felt that in my heart. And I went to the place. There was a church using the place. 
But I knew in my heart that God said, you're going to come here. So I checked. There was church there. And every other two weeks, three weeks, I would still come and check if the church was still there. I didn't pray for them to leave. I didn't fight them. I was just checking because I knew what I heard. After some months, one day I was just tired of, ah, but God, I'm sure you pointed that place to me. So I just called our estate agent. I said, that church, are they still in that place? The guy said, I was about to call you right now. That I just helped that church get on that place. They just moved out. I just got to that place for them now. And that place is vacant now. We went there. Got to the place. We couldn't afford the place. You see, but I knew all things. I knew something the owners didn't know. We couldn't afford the place. We negotiated the price. They agreed the price. All we had in our account was 10,000 naira. I said, we're starting next month or whatever. Two weeks. I can't remember how many times. I used the 10K to print flyers. 15,000. Yes. My wife remembers details. I used 15,000 to print flyer. That's what they could afford. Couldn't pay for the place. And we moved into the place. I told them, we'll pay you before the end of the month. <laughs> you see, I was so confident because I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't pick that place myself. Are you getting what I'm saying? You, 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 ah, God, you, you are never stranded. I've shared this story many times. How that I was, I was coming back from Bible school one time. See, the, the times you learn how to use your faith is when you don't have anything. The time you learn how to be here, God, is in your down days. That's when your, you should learn. See, because even when you become richer, it doesn't mean you will not need to be led, though. It just means it will cost more when you miss it. Have you seen millionaires that have lost $10 million before? Some have lost 50 million naira. Because they didn't learn how to be led, so you, you are learning with big school fees. Invest 500 million. I've seen, do you know how many people that call me for different investments? Oh, pastor, there's this investment. Just bring 50 million naira and you get 500 million. God bless you. Not interested at all. Because I knew it doesn't resonate in my spirit. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So you learn when, when you have nothing and it sharpens your sensitivity. So I was coming back from Bible school. My transport money finished. We were right in the middle of Yanoba. If you know where Yanoba is, the center of activities. Got buses are coming from Isheri and other places, coming from Lasso, Koko, coming from Festa, coming from Trade Fair. A beehive of activities, major bus stop, noise everywhere. Everybody calling their own bus stop. My money finished. Transport. Me and one other guy. He to his own money has finished. Poor people like to work together. <laughs> so his money finished, my money finished. Went to Yanoba. And he was complaining throughout that, oh my God, what are we going to do now? We can't get home. We can't do this. I told him, keep quiet. Just keep quiet. I knew that my spirit knew what to do. My head didn't know what to do. My body was confused, didn't know what to do. But there's somebody that is part of us that is never stranded. He knows what to do. I told him to calm down. Don't talk again. Don't talk again. And in the midst of all that noise, I quietened the external noise. And I listened to my spirit. And as I was there, I just looked up and saw a coaster bus parked in the middle of the road. Not side of the road, middle of the road, express road, coaster bus. And my spirit just told me, that's your bus. That's your bus. In the midst of that noise, that's your bus. So I, I went to the bus. It was a few meters from me. So I went into the bus. I got inside. I saw the driver eating. He was eating yam, dundu, and stew. Was eating. So I told him, eh, hey, why on a park on a bus here? <laughs> he said, uh, the bus broke down. He has sent his conductor to go and look for a mechanic. So they are waiting for a mechanic. So I said, but why are you leaving from the middle of the road? Why not push it to the side of the road? He said, it's true. He packed up his food. He had not finished eating. He packed up his food, called all these boys around to help him push. I was inside, though. Because God said, that's my boss. So he pushed the boss. I was inside. The boss started. You see, they were so pushed inside. But he pushed it, it started. So he said, ah, he's not parking again. Let him be going. So I told the guy beside me, I said, we are going. Because he was still down. I said, we don't go. <laughs> so he too jumped in. So I asked the guy where he was going. From Yanoba. I don't know if you guys know where Yanoba is. Most of you are too. But Yanoba is after Lagos. 
you get to Yanoba. <laughs> Some of you don't know what that area was. You know? Ask the guy from Yanoba, so that where are you going now? The guy was going like literally 100 or 200 meters from my house inside Festac. Do you understand? From Yanoba, where he parks his bus, is literally walking distance to my house. So I took drop, coaster drop, <laughs> from the highway without money. Only me. I chattered it. No customer, no other passenger. I could have sat in the whole 40 seats. Took me right to my house. You see, if you ask my mind at that time, oh, we are stranded. Oh, our money has finished. See, God doesn't always need money. God has resources. God has resources. If you ever look down at yourself because you don't have money, then you don't know God. God is better than money. If I had money, I would have entered the bus with 38 other passengers. Some are smelling, some are eating boiled egg. I don't know why people do that, eat boiled egg in a bus. It's just not safe for all passengers. If you know what I'm talking about. I would have been in a sweaty bus with 38 other passengers. They wouldn't have dropped me near my house. I would have had to come down to other places, enter another bus. So it's even better when I don't have cash. Because God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above. If I had cash, yeah, I would get home, but it would be no more stressful getting home. God gave me chartered bus, only me. What I'm trying to say, you're not lost. You just think you're lost. You say, I don't have money. I don't have job. You've not lost anything. Your spirit knows all things. Knows all things. God doesn't lead you from the outside. He leads you from the inside. Stop waiting for a voice. And if you're among those here that have a practice of chasing prophets, please repent of that nonsense. Repent of that nonsense. Most of those guys are not hearing God. Some of them are even using the spirit of divination. All right? A true prophet is not going to be trying to direct you. He will let God lead you. He will teach you the word of God. You to go and hear. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Stop that. It's not a Christian practice. It's not a Christian practice. God leads you from within. I can never forget those days, many years ago. One lady came in chef, catering school um, outfits for counseling. So I saw her after we canceled. I said, okay, ah, you're wearing catering. Are you a caterer? Are you a say, yes, she's in catering school. I said, oh, is that your passion? Is that your purpose? Do you feel that's your purpose? He said, no. She doesn't like it or she doesn't see her purpose, but her family prophet told her she should go to catering school. I said, the man must have been hungry that day. He just said, who's going to cook for this church now? Hey, you, come. Go to catering school. You're a caterer. The very side destroying that one's life from young, young age. Because the parents too don't know better. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So how do we make our spirits sensitive to divine guidance? How do we make our spirits sensitive to divine guidance? Number one is by delighting in the Lord. You need to love the Lord. When you come into Christ, you must love the Lord. Many people love things. They love the things Christ can give. They don't love the Lord. You must delight yourself in the Lord. And he will put desires in your heart. Psalm 37 verse 4. He said, delight yourself in the Lord. You know, this, this, the way they wrote it here, they said, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So if you read it in the way we read English today, you would think God will give you anything you desire. No. They say he will give thee desires. Let's do it, interpret it like that. That will help you. He said, when you delight in the Lord, he will give you what? I can't hear you. You're not following. Are you following at all? If you read the way it's written like this, what it will look like, what this looks like is that anything you desire, God will be running around to give you. That's not what that's this scripture means. By now, even at the age you are in, I should have noticed that it's not everything you desire God gives you. Have you noticed that already? <laughs> so that's not what the scripture is saying. It's not, it's this scripture is not saying that as you are passing now, you just see you are going to drive past. You say, I desire it. That's not what they are talking about. God is not giving you every single thing you desire. What they are saying is that when you delight in God, when you really... Make God your focus. When you make God your, your center of your life, when you fall in love with God, they said he will start leading you by desires. He'll be putting desires in your heart. You'll just wake up and desire something. I desire to start a business. I desire to solve this particular problem in the society. I desire to do this. Say so God will be guiding you through those things. It will look like normal thoughts in your heart, but that's God putting desires. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? The guys are so, so, but the key is that you must fall in love with God. Unfortunately, many people in church just want things. They don't love God. They don't love God. So, you must fall in love with God. He will not plant desires in your heart, all right? So, make God the center of your world. Many people, your desires are too material. They are too carnal. Why do you want to, why do you want to marry that girl? It's her shape. Lord, I love her hips. Give her to me, oh God. You say you give me desire of my heart. So you are, you, are, you are choosing based on carnality. You are choosing based on the, based on the car the person is driving. Based on how, he, how bearded he was. Say, oh Lord, this beard, oh God. You know I've always wanted beard gang. Answer me, oh Lord, and make my wishes come true. God is not a genie. He doesn't bring your wishes to pass. Are you here, somebody? And God is not against physical things. But you see, when you are somebody that delights in the Lord, you will also think like God. You won't judge things based on the physical first. God, God, God is not against physical things, but he always doesn't judge based on the physical. Everywhere God talks about the physical, he always contrasts it with the spiritual. He tries to show you that the real deal is the spiritual. See First Samuel, where they were going to anoint the king. They were bringing the, all the sons of Jesse. They had shoulder, they had height, they had beard. They were fine boys. And God said, I didn't choose them, I've refused them. He said, because men look on the outward. But he said, me, God, I look at what? The heart. Can more people choose their partners that way? By looking at the heart instead of looking at the outward? How fine, how tall, how rich, what is driving? He said, Yahoo boy, he's driving a nice car. Boy, he says, thief. He stole the car, but you love him already. I'm in love, pastor. No, you are not in love. You are, you are, your desire is carnal. You see why God can't give you any desire you have? Because you don't yet delight in the Lord. When you delight in the Lord, you will love what God loves. See it? But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not to his countenance or to the height of his stature, because I have what? Refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on what? Out of their parents, but I, the Lord, look at what? The heart. When you are marrying somebody, it's not the outward they are marrying, it's their heart. Liquid content only. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are not buying the bottle. Their outward doesn't matter. It's not them. The real, their body is not them. Their body is not them. It's not them. Say, oh, he has shoulder. It's not him. The real him is his character. Oh, she has hips. See, that's not her. The real her is the character. So, I can give you more scriptures where God talks about this kind of things. First Peter 3. He said, don't let the adorning or the dressing be the outward adorning of plating of hair, of wearing of earring, and of putting on of expensive clothes. He said, instead, let it be the inward adorning of a meek and quiet spirit. Which is of great price before the Lord. Do you see that? God said, not that God hates splitting of hair or wearing clothes. He's saying that can be the basis for your beauty. That can be the basis for you picking. He said, don't let it be the outward man of putting of um, um, apparel, of, 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 of plating of hair, of wearing of wigs. That's what they mean, okay? Now it's not plating of hair. That time plating of hair was the highest level. Now, don't let it be expensive wigs. Which wigs are expensive now? Eh? Bone straight. Is bone straight still raining? <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying so. I know that I had bone straight last time. Okay, but you know what I'm saying though? If, if it was that time, they would have wrote reason to say, don't let it be the wearing of bone straight. <laughs> or of wearing of uh, gold. Or of putting on expensive fabric. He said, instead, let it be what? The hidden man of the heart. Do you see how God values people? He checks by the heart. But you want to marry his hips. It's the car the person is driving. The house they are living in. You see, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are carnal. You are carnal. You, 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 are, you are fleshly in how you appraise who is more likely to marry. But, but God is saying that's not how it works. On that one says, though the outward man perishes, he said the inward man is renewed day by day. The outward man is dying every day. From the day you are born, you start dying. You're not going to look like this in the next 10 years, I'm sorry. You won't look like this in the next 20 years. Proverbs 31 also talks about the same thing. It said, beauty fades. 
beauty fades. Say, charm is deceitful. It's a woman that fears the Lord shall be praised. You see how God is seeing life? That be- not, is this a beauty is bad. He said, but beauty will fade. No matter how fine this girl is, after one year, it won't look like that to you. To fade. He said, but good character never fades. It's a woman that fears the Lord. She shall be praised. Professor Emeritus Solomon David, <laughs> my coach and mentor, he said a beautiful face on an empty head. It's like putting a gold ring on a pig's nose. Do you see that analogy and that illustration? It's a beautiful face on an empty head. How did he arrive at this scientific fact? Because it's not just a theory, it's a fact now. After having 1,000 babes. Do you know how many of those girls were very fine and empty in their head? And you know he's smart. So he want to have an intelligent conversation with them. And I find that, <laughs> the guy say, <laughs> Listen, if you are here and you are a fine girl, I want to beg you, please start reading books. Don't spend all your day looking at yourself in the mirror. I beg you in the name of God. Because the tendency is that anywhere people compliment you, you focus on that area. That's your tendency. But here, you're such a pretty... After a while, you just start having sense. You just turn to duck. Be reading books. Be following intelligent conversations. Because there's nothing as bad as having a beautiful face. Look at this. On an empty head. Do you see it? Like a gold ring in a pig's nose. It's a beautiful face. On what? Empty head. It's in the Bible. It's Bible. It's Bible. Empty head. And Solomon got to that conclusion by the many beautiful women he dated. Couldn't have a single reasonable conversation with many of them. No one conversation. Anything outside of makeup and nails and hair, they can't have a conversation. Outside that, they can't talk. Because they don't read anything. Don't follow anything. If it's not gossip, they are not interested. And some of you say, you are very active on the gossip pages. See, intelligent people won't take you seriously. I know some of you, I see your handle. You are, you are a champion in gossip page. It, 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 it speaks bad of you. That this is the area, this is where they can find you. And you are arguing and debating with mad people. There are, there are pages people should not know you, 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 you are even present. But you are writing and talking. A beautiful face on an empty head. Solomon knew that by experience. 1,000 women, many were very fine. Very fine. Outside, what is your name? She can't answer anything. And you know Solomon is wise. You just say, oh, what do you think about the galaxies, the stars, and all that? She'll say, <laughs> that's it. Don't, no contribution. Be the kind of girl that your husband or boy or fiancé can take you to where there are guys and you can engage. Can engage. When you talk, the guys will come and praise him and say, oh boy, that your wife smart. Oh. Not the little thing your wife is like, she's fine. <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> she's fine. Oh. <laughs> That's the only thing they can say about you. Because nothing else. Nothing else. Outside gossip stories, read read, read intelligent things. Follow pages that are inspirational. Be the kind of lady that can discuss investment with guys. Invest, you talk about politics, talk about sports, talk about life with guys. They like it. Hmm? <laughs> like, talk about, talk, not, 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 uh... Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So, you see everywhere in scripture, God contrasting the outside with the inside. The inside is better. So, develop yourself. Delight in the Lord. And the second thing as I close, that will help you sharpen your sensitivity, is have a meek and quiet spirit. Like God said, have a meek heart. Psalm 25 verse 9, he said, The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. Hallelujah. 
The meek will he guide in judgment. And the meek will he teach his way. When you are meek, you don't argue with God. You don't brag with God. You are humble enough. God likes people he can easily change, mold, direct. Is the meek he looks for. You must be meek to be guided by God. He wants to lead you, but you know too much. You are even canceling God. You are even advising him. It takes meekness when he's telling you even something that doesn't make sense. But you are humble enough to know that he knows more than you. He's the all-wise God. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? He is what? The all-wise God. So how do I practice meekness? You start by obeying the known instructions of God. Don't wait till he tells you something very big like go to Canada. Don't wait for that one. When he's telling you simple instructions, forgive the person that offended you. When you hear that, you had in your heart. Never. I can never forgive. Have you heard people say that? They are not meek. God say forgive. You say you can never forgive. You are wiser than God now. Cuckoo advise God while you are at it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Obey the known instructions. The Bible says, in the day you hear his voice, harden not your heart. If you have a hardened heart, the opposite of a meek heart is a hardened heart. When your heart is hardened, you can't even hear other things. Because you are blocking your heart. He has told you, stop this company you are keeping with this person. It's unhealthy. It will lead to a bad place, but you harden your heart and continue. Stop going there. No, you have, stop keeping these kind of friends. Your spirit can be sensitive for your friends are people that don't know God and alcoholics and loose men and loose women. Those are your f- friends. You are struggling with something and you surround yourself with people that are not strong, that, that are champion at the thing. You can never be free. Are you getting what I'm saying? Meekness. Harden not your heart. I was telling them in the first service in, in, the, in the mainland, please, if you, are, if, you are, if you are a lady here and you are growing without your father, please make sure you have other father figures. Because some people, where their hardness comes from is that they've never been under authority before in their life. Because that helps you. When you're under authority, it helps you to learn how to be malleable. If somebody gets what I'm saying. Men, don't marry a woman that... Not, didn't grow with her father, still doesn't have any father figures she can listen to. Ah, that's war. Say, where's your father? Don't mind the idiot. He left when I was eight. What of your spiritual father, your pastor? Don't mind those ones. Wicked. Mad people. <laughs> Guess the next person she's going to tear to shreds. You are the next victim. But you want to lo- fall in love with that kind of person. There's a discipline and a stability that men bring. Watch people, ladies that grow without their fathers particularly. Watch it. Tigers. They can't be women. Because they don't understand it. Never, never, been, never been tutored, never been disciplined. No authority figure in their life. Watch out for it. Don't, don't marry that time. They will tear you to shreds. There's a discipline a man brings to a home. That a woman cannot bring. And I, and I give kudos to all the women raising their kids alone as single moms. Please, you are doing an incredible job, but please also find father figures. And I'm not saying this because you are inferior. I'm saying because there are things a man will bring that a woman can never bring. And that's how it's designed by nature and by God. Even statistics confirm it. When children grow without their dad, more likely to end in prison. More likely not to be focused in life. Your dad will give you focus. Your mother is asking you, have you eaten? Your dad is asking you, what do you want to do with your life? Your mother is saying, have you eaten? Are you okay? Your father is saying, what, what, what career? What's your career? He's bringing discipline and firmness. But you see, when people grow without their father, you find that they don't know what they are dream. What do you want to do? Today I want to do makeup. Tomorrow I want to do uh, uh, hair. Next tomorrow I want to do uh, nails. You can never find them. Want, because the, the, the stability a man brings. I told them in the first service, I said, look, you can't be the head of Red Cross and still be the head of SARS at the same time. Those two jobs require two different spirits. One must be brutal. The other one must be caring. So when a woman wants to be the head of uh, the Red Cross and still want to be the person giving direction and discipline, it can't work. Because you're already a lover. Your child knows you can't do anything. She knows you love him. So uh, you, you, know, you know children know. 
They've seen that you ain't in anything. They say, oh, you want to do this to mommy? You want to hurt mommy? Please. They know you're a lover. You have loved them since they were a baby now. When they say, giddy, giddy. You have been sucking breast, you have been eating. He love, love, love you have giving him. So no matter how much you're treating him, he knows you can't do anything. He knows you can't do anything. You will just cry. But when there's a father in the house, the father from day one doesn't send him. Sit down there. Get up. If you talk to your mother a lot, you leave this house. And he's not as attached as you, as a woman. He's very detached by nature. He can drive you and put on that one. That's how he sees it. No. Can drive you. The woman will not say, oh, my child, my child. I have a cousin that is in police station, in police cause he has police case, uh, drug one thing, they saw him with something. And they, they, even Barry Sajou is one of those trying to help me to get him out. The mother has finished all her savings since they arrested him. Sending him food, paying lawyer, uh, bribing people, trying to see the guy. She has finished all her money she has used for trading. They call the father. The father, if it's about that boy you are calling me, I don't want to talk about, don't tell me anything about. The next time the boy is arrested, he too will tell him, don't call my father. He said, don't waste your credit. But the mother will go to the police station. No matter your first commitment, your mother will first bring food. <laughs> your father will say, you are, you are from today. You are not my son. Don't call me again. Your father will not take nonsense. There's a stability. An authority men bring. So men, make sure you are present in your daughter's and children's life. I'm using women because women feel deeper. Women hurt more. Women don't forget. That's why I'm using women. Not because I'm discriminated. Women generally are impacted more by anything that happens to them. Men are too rugged. And if while the man is trying to hurt, hunger will make him not to, he will just go outside and go and walk. <laughs> but women remember things. You have a stronger memory. You are more sensitive. That's why I'm using women. Yes, so, as a man, please be, be available in your, in your children's life. That's why you should not break your marriage because it's going to affect your children. Especially your daughters. Be present. Because there are some fathers that are present but still absent. You're going to harm that woman. So I, I, I'm, always, I'm always afraid of any woman that grows with that father and still no father figure. Father absent, then you still your, tear your pastor apart. Ooh, any man that entered there is entering lions there. Don't marry that kind of woman. They are rebellious by nature. Rebellious. They've never been a submitted authority for in their life. Never can be. I always, I always share the story everywhere in the world I go of that my church member. He used to be a cultist in one of the popular universities in Nigeria. Heavy cultist. He was a hitman. Huge guy like this, like a giant. Huge guy. Heavy hitman. He used to go around schools then from the, his own campus to other campus to go and even hit people. Heavy hitman. And he came to church and he became born again. He got born again in our church. Got filled with the Holy Ghost, tongue talking. Began to teach believers class. Transformed life. Began to teach believers class. Minister Holy Ghost to people. The guy started doing business, became prosperous. He used to pay tight every week. You know, in a small church, if somebody's paying tight every week, you will know. It's a small church. Then we just started. He used to pay tight every week. Heavy or not uh, noticeable tight. Do you understand? You know, there's tight that is unnoticeable. There's tight that is noticeable. Every week. Very blessed. He was a, the guy used to come to the office and say, Pastor, you don't share the needs of the church. Tell us what the church needs so that we can give. That's every pastor's dream. To have a member harassing you to give. Not the one you are chasing. He is chasing you. That tell us what we need to do. It was a great testimony. He was a pillar in the church. While that was going on, there was another lady. No father. So she was a fighter. Fighting everybody. Fight me, her pastor. Fight her elder brother, fight her boss in the office, any authority figure. Because sometimes some women fighting is not you they are fighting. It's their dad that left. You just look like him. I'm telling you, some people don't know. Some fighting in some homes. I'm a counselor. I've been a counselor for close to 30 years. Some cases we've handled there eh, is not, two of them are not the problem. The person they are fighting is in the village. Their father is in the village. This quarrel, this, this home about to break hmm, has nothing to do with these two people. This woman is still upset that her father left. And she has avoided authority figures. She has avoided rebuke. You can't correct her. 
So this girl was a fighter. And the church was still a small church. And you know, in a small church, when somebody is a fighter, it will shake the whole church. If it's a big church, if you fight, somebody will know. So one corner. But this one shook the whole church. So ah, the whole girl was causing problems, fighting everybody. So me and my shade pastor, we held hands together and prayed. Say, Lord, this church is too small for this kind of fight. And we are too young. Send this girl to redeem. <laughs> Send her to redeem. I'm joking. I didn't. <laughs> I'm joking. I didn't say redeem. But I said, Lord, send her somewhere else. We can't handle it. It's too, it's too much for us as a small church. So send her to another church. And truly, in three months, four months, she came and said, Pastor, I've been feeling in my heart that God wants me to go to another church. Ah, we said, oh. Oh, why? We didn't expect the prayer to be answered that quickly. And truly, she left. She left. And the word of God prospered. There was peace in the land. And guess what? This pillar now began to fall in love with the caterpillar. <laughs> pillar was falling in love with caterpillar. You can't be a church builder and you want to marry a church destroyer. Mm. It's an unequal yoke. We're telling him, mm mm. Stop, slow down. No, he couldn't hear. He was too invested emotionally. So they went ahead and married. And this guy married the caterpillar back to church. <laughs> I should have mentioned redeemed specifically. <laughs> married her back to church. But you see, from when they were already dating and cutting in courtship, the guy's life was already deteriorating already. He was back to fighting because she would go out, look for trouble. He has to go and defend her. So he was back to fighting. His business was already also going down. was struggling already. And you know, we can tell. Somebody that ties weekly now begins to tidy early. Sparsely. The business began to go down. And she came back to church, started fighting again. Started fighting again. So after some months of fighting, fighting, she by herself now left. But he was still coming. But I'm old enough to know when wife leaves like that, before long, husband too will go. So after a few months, he too left. And I didn't see them again for about two, three years. Next time I met the guy, about three years after, sat down with him like this. And he told me that they were separated, almost concluded with the divorce. But that the reason why the marriage even lasted for three years. He told me, this is not reported, this is me and him sit down, his own testimony. He said, the reason why the marriage lasted for three years was because they were trying to prove me wrong. That's why it lasted. That the marriage had already ended from day one. That they even did their best to try and hold it so that it wouldn't be like they wonder so and we still entered and now it's not working. So that's, that's, he said that's the only reason why he even made it to three years. That there were times he almost threw her from the balcony. That from that day one till the last day, they were fighting almost every day. That he didn't know peace. And what men don't realize is that a woman that doesn't give you peace has taken away your creativity, your ingenuity, everything. You are, your, your life is going to go down. When you marry, you are, it's a joining of two destinies. They are bringing all they have and all they are, whether good or bad. That's why two must be better than one. If joining with this person is not going to make you better, don't join. Because you are, you, you are, you're not, you are joining spirit, soul, and body, two destinies. Everything they have and are is who they are bringing. If they are going to take your peace, if they are going to be rebellious, stubborn, unruly, cancantorous, or whatever, quarrelsome. Business went down. Everything went down. He said they fought every day till that day, that year three or whatever when they separated. They fought every day. In his own words, he said there's no time they'll go to fast food joint. She will either fight, fight the person greeting at the helping them to pack or fight the person greeting at the door or fight the person serving or the person selling but that they must fight somebody every time. This is his own testimony. He says sometimes they will drive you on the road, they will park, come down, and fight. His own testimony, so it's not reported. That they're driving, they fight, the argument against you, they will park on the road, come down and dig it, then do, dress up, <coughs> enter, and continue. I hope he's doing better now, but last time I saw him, he wasn't doing so great. He wasn't doing so great. I, ho- I hope he's better now. But that's the reality. Be careful of those women that don't grow with their fathers. 
and refuse to have other father figures. Okay? If you're a woman here, your husband has left or your husband has died or you're a single mom, please don't try to be head of Red Cross ahead of Sazo. You are doing a phenomenal job. Do the one you can on both sides, but please, as soon as it's possible, whether it's an uncle, a brother, a pastor, or someone you can trust, let that child have a male figure. Statistically, the statistics are not good. Even if you're not spiritual, I don't like me. Statistics has nothing to do with me. Go and check the statistics. Are you here? When you are corrected, harden not your heart. Some people can never be corrected. If you correct them, they leave the department. Correct them, they leave church. <laughs> and to another church. Correct them, they leave on that one too. Watch out. Watch out for anybody jumping from place to place because they correct them. Watch out. Watch out. They are in danger. Both to themselves and to anybody that decides to join with them. Have you been blessed this morning?